This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. First up today, a program that wants to make walking on roads safer for children. So recently, Safe Kids Malaysia launched the Pedestrian Safety Initiative among school children, uh, which was done in collaboration with global partners, including Time Education from Brussels, Total Energies Foundation from France, and national partners JPJ as well as Miros. So Safe Kids Malaysia is actually an organisation that focuses on improving the lives of children with injury prevention and it was founded in 2011. They're also a part of Safe Kids Worldwide. The briefing of this initiative was held last Monday at Sekolah Menengah Kadok in Kota Baru, Kelantan and this is the first time that the initiative introduced the use of visual arts as an approach to promote road safety and it was attended there by teacher representatives from all 143 primary and secondary schools in Kota Baru. So while it was launched in Kota Baru, I think the relevance of it is clearly nature nationwide, right? If we're talking about the the issue of safety on the road, we spend a lot of time here on the show talking about road users in the form of drivers and riders, but pedestrians are an important part of that puzzle. And kids, children pedestrians are a completely different thing as well, because well, you know, there is there are always these worries about whether safety is enough of a priority, whether lessons have been properly communicated in terms of what is or isn't safe, what is or isn't okay to do on the roads. So I think this is hugely important. I'm very curious to find out more. And for that, we are going to be speaking with Professor Dr. Kulantayan Kesimani, um, who is Head of Putra Injury Pre- Prevention and Safety Promotion Group at University Putra Malaysia. But in the meantime, we'd also like to hear from you. How do you talk to kids about road safety? That number to call is 7733 You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from mediocrity. BFM 89.9 with starting off our show today by talking about how to make walking on roads safer for children. This was an initiative that was launched recently by Safe Kids Malaysia. And we've been asking you as well, how do you talk to kids about road safety and what are some pedestrian habits that you make sure... you practice, really, when you're walking around on our streets. You can call 7733 WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Professor Dr. Kulantayan Kesimani, Head of Putra Injury Prevention and the Safety Promotion Group at University Putra Malaysia. Prof Kulan, thanks for speaking with us. Uh, to start us off, how common are accidents involving children as pedestrians? Yeah, if we look in terms of uh, road crashes, uh, the most suitable uh, statistics will be the pre-pandemic set of statistics in 2019, where when we had 6,000 road deaths, um, th- close to 1,000 of them were from children's group. So that is the burden that, that we are facing now. And what are some risky behaviours commonly associated with children when walking or crossing roads, even when they are accompanied by their parents? Yeah, um, I think when the moment when, when children are on the road okay, as a pedestrian, not only children, including adults, uh, for a pedestrian um, on, a, on a roadway, uh, they have to keep in mind that when they are sharing the same pathway with vehicles, therefore there is a risk. So in 
wherever there are pedestrian walkway facilities being provided, so it is best and safe for pedestrians to move towards the pedestrian walkway. That's one. Second is, uh, in terms of crossing the road, for a pedestrian, the most risky behavior on the road is when you're crossing the road. Because when you're crossing, there is an... Uh, there is a point where you'll be uh, you'll be mixing with it with the vehicle. So when you're crossing the road, to make sure that it is a safe cross, try to cross at the safe place. When we mean here safe place is, example is at zebra crossing or at the uh, signalized crossing. These are these are places a bit which is a bit more safe. But on this ground, I, I really need to cross a, a message here to every road user. Zebra crossing is a place where pedestrians are, we are encouraging pedestrians to use that place to cross. So we as car users or any type of vehicle users, the moment we see a zebra crossing, the moment we see a pedestrian is planning to cross at that place, all of us need to slow down our vehicle and then eventually stop in order to give the right of way for pedestrians to use the zebra crossing. This message has to be strong and clear to everyone, okay? That we have to reduce our vehicle speed and eventually stop in order to give way for pedestrians to cross at zebra crossing. And if we put the focus on children, right, what are some of the limitations that they might have when it comes to the perceptions of traffic and road safety? Yeah, we have to accept Except the fact that all children has limitation. It doesn't matter whether the children is from Malaysia or any countries. As long as they are children, they have limitation. There are six main limitations for children. The first in terms of vision, where a vision of a child is only one third of a vision of an adult. So if an adult can see at, at 180 degrees, a child can only see at a range of 60 degrees. So if there's any vehicle, say, is at a point of 100 degrees, the child won't be able to see yet until the vehicle falls within the range of 60 degrees, then only the child can see. But then we are worried that maybe too late, it will be too close to the child, that's one. Second is in terms of hearing. Um, the child can hear uh, the sound of the vehicle, but the limitation here is in which direction the vehicle is coming, uh, the child won't be able to identify yet until the source of the vehicle sound is closer to the child, then the child will know, okay, this vehicle is coming, say, from my left hand. So this is the second limitation. The third limitation is the child has difficulties to know whether the approaching vehicle, is it a moving vehicle or is it a static vehicle? Okay, uh, because when the roads are smooth and the roads are flat, very nice, so any moving objects is quite difficult to be identified. Okay, uh, because the motion of the vehicle movement is quite difficult to be traced. So uh, if the child uh, decides that this car or this vehicle is not moving, it's a static, and then they make an approach towards moving into the road, and then if this vehicle is really moving, uh, then you are putting the kid on a danger. The fourth limitation, uh, the kid always thinks if they can see a vehicle, it means the vehicle also can see them. Uh, but this may not be true at, 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 at all times because a kid can see a vehicle because the vehicle size is big. But for a vehicle, say for a bus, lorry or van or car, uh, the size of a child is small for them. So say, for example, for a lorry driver or bus, in the windscreen, there are many things for them to see. And among all the things that they're going to see, a child's object is a small, small part among all the things that they're going to see. So the chances to miss out is very high. 
So this has to be told to the child. If you see them, does not necessarily mean they have seen you. Okay. Um, and then the next uh, limitation is the kid, when they see a vehicle, they can stop immediately. Okay. And their assumption is the same. If the vehicle has seen them, the vehicle can also stop immediately. Uh, again, this is not necessarily true as well, because say if I'm a bus driver, if I see a child or what, but the moment I press my brake in that emergency situation, I need some space and some time in order to get my vehicle stopped. So if I'm driving at 50 kilometers per hour and I press my brake, I will need 27 meters to get my vehicle stopped eventually. So in, and if my speed is high, I might need a bit more longer space. Example, if I'm driving at 80 kilometer per hour and I see a child, I press my brake, I need 58 meters to get my vehicle stopped. So if any child is within that range, then I can't avoid the crash. So the message to the child is, I mean, as a pedestrian, you can stop immediately, but all the vehicles does not have that capacity to stop immediately and they need some space and time. So the message crosses to both parties, to every vehicle as well, please keep a safe distance between your vehicle and another vehicle because during emergency, that space is going to save you from a crash. And to the children, this is the reality that vehicles also has limitation. And the last limitation you see for a child is a child uh, will never expect any vehicles can kill them or can harm them. Because the, if a vehicle is a dangerous product, for sure the mom or your parents wouldn't have kept a vehicle in the house. Uh, similarly, even when they, were, when they were young kids, we used to give them uh, vehicles as a toys to play. So vehicles were introduced as, as a friendly item for them even during their childhood time. And suddenly for us to tell them if hey, this vehicle can harm you, uh, it is not that easy for them to accept it. So the, the main solution here is if we know this limitation, the best is to make sure that they are not being left alone on the road. And, and at all times, parents uh, or adults have to accompany them in order to make sure that they are safe on the road. So, Prof, you're part of this nationwide initiative to promote awareness on child pedestrian safety. Can you tell us more about it and what it involves? Yeah, this Road Safety Via Creative is a, um, is a new initiative which we have introduced. Um, it is mainly on child pedestrian safety with a theme um, for a safe travel walking to school. So the uniqueness in this program is uh, we have two components, input and output. The usual one is input only one direction where we cross the message on road safety to them. But what they understood and what they're going to put in practice is still not clear yet. So in this part is we can see the output coming back again. Um, I'm giving you an example here. What, what we are doing is we are transferring the road safety knowledge in terms of very specific pedestrian safety knowledge to the visual arts teachers. And then visual arts teachers are transferring it to the children in the school. And then the children, what they have to do is they have to identify where is the risk in front of their school, okay, as a pedestrian, from the view of a pedestrian, what is the risk in front of their school, that's one. Second is if they can identify the solutions as well. So if they can identify the risk itself, is I would consider it's like a 50% victory of the project because once you're able to identify risk, then you know how to avoid it. That's one. And 100% victory will be is when you're able to suggest solution towards that particular risk that you have identified. So what we have asked the children is for them to portray it in a form of visual arts, okay, in terms of both the risk and solutions, particularly in front of their school, so that 
that knowledge or that image can be made use every day. That, that's one. Second is, when children, they themselves are drawing uh, their output, okay, um, it's much easier for their peer groups within the same age group to understand that message compared to an adult crossing messages to the child. So this is something where a road safety message from child to another child. So this is the, 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 the second component which we see a bit more unique over here. And every drawings of each school will be different completely because every drawing is going to talk specifically in terms of their school risk. So uh, maybe I can just summarize it very quickly here is that using global knowledge, global road safety knowledge, because the science remains the same, but then using it for a local issue, because every school has a different issue. So for a local issue, with local solution using global knowledge. And if we just go back a bit, specifically, why did you choose to communicate the message of safety through visual art? Okay, uh, we wanted to use visual arts because then it will cut across uh, every languages. It cut, cut, cut across the barriers in terms of languages. And visual arts can also, uh, people can understand much better, for especially for children. Okay? Um, and it's a bit different uh, approach as, well, as also because children are used to normal write-up. Okay, uh, But something, when you bring in something new, it may be attractive for them. Uh, with the hope when something is attractive, they are more eager to learn about it and they are able to understand it much better and they are able to put it into practice. That's the whole intention. Right. And the program has just launched. Uh, how has the response been so far? Okay, so far we are getting quite quite encouraging support from these schools. This program we are opening up for children from age 10 until 16. The response are very high among the primary schools. Okay, so, so far it's good. We have also built in a competition component into the program where the visual arts product by the child will enter a kind of competition. And this competition is, we're having it at three levels, school level, national level as well as international level that means this program at the same time being uh, being initiated by total energies foundation is not only done in malaysia but also being done in 30 countries at the same time and total energies foundation has prepared the uh, the first award i mean the first prize award is a fully funded trip to paris uh, for all the children who has won that particular uh, competition, because this competition is a group uh, group work. So if you have five students in one group, Total Energies Foundation is sponsoring for five students plus one school teacher, six people to go to Paris to receive the award, which is being named as the Global Road Safety Ambassador Award. So I feel that is a very high recognition, and we hope that Malaysia will be in the world map one day. We've been circling this issue, but to put it simply, right, what are the specific challenges involved in educating children about pedestrian safety? The challenges will be could be is, uh, because the exposure for a child as a pedestrian is not that high. So that could be sometimes one challenge because they may think that this information may not be much relevant to them. Second is when we are introdu introducing many kind of pedestrian facilities, say overhead bridge, say zebra crossing, signalized crossing, pedestrian walkway. Throughout the nation, not everywhere we have all these facilities. So therefore, some of these facilities, when we introduce to the child, they are only hearing it from us. They are seeing it in, in the form of images uh, in the photos that they are showing, but not in terms of the real form. 
because in the surrounding area where they live, maybe these facilities are not there. So this could be some of the challenges. Um, but the other kind request I have here is uh, pedestrian walkway and zebra crossing. This is where um, we have to really provide this pedestrian walkway because the road belongs to everyone, not only vehicles. If we don't provide space for pedestrian, what happens is pedestrian will start using the, uh, the space for the vehicle. And if pedestrians start using the space for vehicle, that means there is an interaction between pedestrian and vehicle within the same uh, uh, space. And that is where the risk will be there. That, that's one issue here. Um, see, along the line, I just want to share as well, in, in areas where there are no pedestrian facilities, there is no pedestrian walkways, then what we are encouraging for all pedestrians is for them to walk on the opposite direction of the traffic flow. Because if you walk in the same direction of the traffic flow, we, we can't see the, the incoming traffic from behind. Therefore, it is risky for us. So on that ground, if we are walking on the opposite direction of the traffic flow, then we can see the incoming traffic. So that will reduce our risk, okay? And that will also help us in terms of making a quick decision uh, in during any emergency situation. So quickly, maybe I can summarize, wherever there are pedestrian facilities, please use all those pedestrian facilities. And wherever there is no pedestrian facility, and in order to reduce our risk when we are walking, walk on the opposite direction of the traffic flow. This initiative will take place predominantly during school hours, I think. What can parents do to further reinforce these learnings and behaviours? Yeah, uh, the help we are requesting from parents is uh, we are the regular users of, uh, of the roadway in front of the school because we are the main, the, the main clients or the main customers outside the school. So for, if all parents can reduce our speed of our vehicle speed below 30 kilometers per hour in school zones, then we are making a big contribution towards the safety surrounding the school. Because once our speed is below 30 kilometers per hour, our speed will be, I mean, we will be safe. And at the same time, all children and all all pedestrians who are traveling near the school zone will also be safe. So that's my kind request to all parents. That's one. Second is there are some pedestrian safety knowledges which we have transferred to the child. And it will be nice if, if all these children can also further transfer this knowledge to their siblings and to their parents. And say if I'm a parent and when my child comes and transfer this knowledge to me, my, my kind request to all parents, please, accept and receive these messages and go along with the messages as what your child has said so that you, you are also helping to reinforce the same message to the child because we don't want a kind of conflict situation here. Say, for example, what's being taught in the school, example is, say, traffic light means, say, green means you can go, red means stop. So that is what's being taught. But if when the child is traveling together with their parents and when the parents don't stop, when the traffic light is red, then we are putting the child in a very conflict situation because in the school, it says red stop, whereas parents are moving when it's red. So two most important adults are giving slightly conflicting information to the child. So on, on that kind request, all parents, if we can also obey all traffic rules for our safety and for our family safety and for everyone's safety, and then this 
will help your own child uh, to really learn whatever knowledge being taught to them. They can really learn and appreciate and understand. Prof, what message would you like to leave us with? Um, we have a safe culture in this country where we start every day by saying, say, Selamat pagi, selamat tengah hari, selamat petang, selamat malam. Or in fact, selamat datang, selamat pulang. So my kind request, can we put that in practice? From the words that we, that we say, can we put that in practice on the road as well? Prof Kulan, thank you so much for speaking with us. That was Professor Dr. Kulan Tayan Casey Mani, Head of Putra Injury Prevention and Safety Promotion Group at University Putra Malaysia, talking about an initiative, a pedestrian safety initiative among school children that was launched by Safe Kids Malaysia. And in line with that, we've been asking you, how do you talk to kids about road safety? What kind of uh, good pedestrian measures do you put in place yourself? You can call us, 7733 2900. Send us a voice note, 018 Tweet us at BFM Radio. And just a quick reminder of something happening after the 6 o'clock news today. From the tax exemption announced in Budget 2022 to wanting more sustainable transportation, electric vehicles are increasingly popular in our country. But that doesn't mean people don't have questions, particularly about charging up their cars, when and where they can do that, and how affordable it all is. So on Insights Story, we speak with Mohammad Janaisi Mohammad Noor, Project Director, PMOEV at Tanaga National Berhad, and Datuk Tiruchandran Tiruchelvan, Treasurer of Ziva to find out more about the landscape for EVs in Malaysia. Join us and send us your questions at 6pm today. Energizing the Future, powered by Tanaga National. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.